following podcast is brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. Welcome to Confessing the Faith, a theological and devotional walk through the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith. I'm your host, Sam Waldron, pastor of Grace Reformed Baptist Church in Owensboro, Kentucky, and president of Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. This talk, we return once more to chapter 8 of the 1689, which is entitled, Of Christ the Mediator. This is certainly one of the longest and most important and central chapters in the Confession. And this is our fourth podcast on the subject of this pair on this chapter. And today we take up the confessional assertion of the true humanity of Christ. Here's what the confession says. The Son of God did take upon him man's nature with all the essential properties and common infirmities thereof, being conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary, the Holy Spirit coming down upon her and the power of the Most High overshadowing her. And so was made of a woman, of the tribe of Judah, of the seed of Abraham and David, according to the scriptures, so that two whole, perfect, and distinct natures were inseparably joined together, which person is very man. Early heresies like Gnosticism and Docetism denied that Christ was a man. The confession, echoing the creed of Chalcedon, asserts the opposite. Another early heresy and uh, said that Christ was mostly man. That was Apollinarianism. But the confession says he was very man with all the essential properties of human nature. The Bible grounds this teaching in at least seven affirmations about the humanity of Christ. I want to briefly look at each of them. The Bible, first of all, contains the promise of a man when prophesying the mediator. The prophecies of the Old Testament promised that the Messiah would be a man. Genesis 3.15 is the first of these prophecies, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, and then speaking of her seed, he shall bruise you on the head. So there's the promise of a man. Then there is the designation of a man. The scriptures, that is, straightforwardly call Christ a man. Many of these speak of Christ even as resurrected, and thus they make clear that he remains a man forever, not just on earth in the days of his flesh, as they are called, but in heaven and in the age to come and forever. This is true, of course, of Acts 17.31, because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed. It's also true of 1 Timothy 2.5, for there is one God and one mediator also between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. But then there is in the mediator the consciousness of a man. Not just his disciples, but Jesus himself thought of himself as a man. John 8.40 records Jesus saying, But as it is, you are seeking to kill me, a man, the Greek word is anthropos, who has told you the truth. And of course, Jesus' favorite designation for himself was son of man. And he used this some 87 times. And then the Bible speaks of the mediator having the appearance of a man. Many passages teach that Jesus looked like an ordinary man. Of course, Jesus not only appeared to be a man, 
he was really a man, but it's basic to know that he did look like an ordinary man. Think of John 19.5. Jesus then came out. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. No one disagreed with him. And then the Bible certainly speaks of the body of a man. The earliest heirs to assail the church argued that the heavenly Christ, spirit, could not be flesh. Frequent assertions that he possessed a real body contradict this. Hebrews 10.5 says, Therefore, when he comes into the world, he says, A body you have prepared for me. And then 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also died for sins, having been put to death in the flesh. He had a real physical body. But then, and very importantly, the Bible speaks of Christ having not only the body, but the soul of a man. And there are several arguments for Christ having a human soul. The death of Jesus implies a human soul. Uh, he, the John 19, 13, re, 1930 reads, he said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Death is the separation of spirit and body. Two, Jesus possessed a human will. Matthew 26, 39 says, and he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. It was the human will of Christ that shrank from the cross, not his divine will. But third, Jesus possessed human emotions. Jesus displayed typically human emotions. The Bible speaks of compassion, anger, sighing, crying silently, even loud wailing, and gladness. Some of these, of course, can in a way be attributed to uh, the divine, but of course, not all of them. We cannot attribute uh, loud wailing, crying silently, fear, as we'll come to speak about in a second, to uh, the divine nature. And then Jesus had the soul of a man because he was tempted. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Hebrews 4.15 for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. God cannot be tempted, but Jesus was tempted. And therefore, we conclude that Christ must have a rational human soul. It was not the divine nature that was tempted. It was not simply his body that was tempted. It was the human soul of Jesus that was tempted. Fifthly, Jesus underwent a process of intellectual, spiritual, and moral development. Luke 2.40 and 52 says, The child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him, and Jesus kept increasing in wisdom. But then we come seventhly to the fact that our Lord had the limitations of a man. There are several clear assertions of this in Scripture, but the primary assertion is this one, and it is a little surprising. Jesus confessed there were some things that he did not know. Mark 13, 32, and 33, But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. Now, <clears throat> no explanation is sufficient for this surprising statement, 
except that which is suggested by Chalcedon in 451 and reiterated in the Confession of 1689. Jesus had a perfect and whole human nature, hence speaking from the side of his human nature, there were clearly some things Jesus as a man did not know. Now, there are other assertions that uh, ascribe to Jesus human limitations. He, uh, he was hungry, but God is never hungry. He was thirsty, though God is never thirsty. He grew tired, though God never grows tired. He fell asleep, and we know that God never sleeps. Those these limitations are mostly physical. Each has aspects which apply, imply a human soul. Now, let's think for a moment before we close of this question. Why is Christ's humanity important? Fundamentalism stressed Christ's deity against modernism, but this led to de-emphasizing an ignorance of his, huma- of ignorance of his humanity. We must understand, then, that it's important because, one, it helps us take seriously his physical sufferings. Two, it helps us take seriously his spiritual sufferings. He experienced fear. Remember the Garden of Gethsemane. He felt abandonment by man. He wanted human sympathy. And and another important uh, application of this is that it allows him to be our substitute. Hebrews 2.17 says, Therefore he had to be made like his brethren in all things, so that he might become a merciful, merciful and faithful high priest to make propitiation for the sins of the people. And then it also helps us take seriously his sympathy. Hebrews 2.18 says, For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. It also helps us take seriously his advocacy. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Doesn't it help us to know that our advocate is himself also a man? And then it helps us explain difficult passages. I'm convinced that only the doctrine of the true humanity of Christ enables us to explain how there were things that Jesus did not know, how he grew in wisdom, Luke 2, 40 and 52, how he learned obedience, Hebrews 5, 8 and 9. And then... The true humanity of Christ helps us understand and appreciate the emphasis of the Bible on the ministry of the Spirit to the mediator. And we'll come to that emphasis in a later podcast. Thank you for listening to Confessing the Faith on the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. CBTS is a confessional Reformed Baptist seminary which provides affordable online theological education to help the church in its calling to train faithful men for the gospel ministry. To learn more about how you can partner with us in providing informed scholarship with Pastoral Heart, visit cbtseminary.org.